Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. A dollar gets you early episodes. Uh-huh. And how was your trip? It was good. Um, it you was... went to Houston. I did. I went oh, by to the way. Give us all the stars yeah, on I iTunes. Was, I, was I was really surprised. Don't want to forget that. You're sort of off your game today. I really This am. is your third take. Yeah. Listen, Back to Houston. Back to Houston. So yeah, I spent last, this past weekend in Houston. I spoke to the humanists of Houston um, on, a round t- on a panel and uh, Houston Oasis. It was very cool. I saw some of your neat museums, Houston. Your people are very kind. And <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a really good experience. Um, I think... The Houston Oasis thing, sh- it was definitely filmed, so it oh, should good. be released at some point. The panel wasn't. Was um, not filmed. Was not filmed or recorded, which I double-checked because I sort <laughs> of laid down some shit. And I was like, I just need to make sure nobody else can hear it who's not in this particular room. But it was great. That's and the part where you talk smack about me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, nonstop. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much to um, to everybody over there for for um, inviting me and giving me a warm welcome. And yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Good times. I, and before we start, I want to make sure I thank some of the, the newer Patreon subscribers who I didn't get a chance to thank uh, in previous episodes. You didn't get a chance to or you forgot hard? Shh, I'm trying to, trying to live up to expectations here. <laughs> so special thanks to April W., Chris A., Meryl F. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks, we really appreciate guys. it. Uh, where there's so many stories I want to get to. What a week, it's, huh? It's been a week. Can we start? Uh, do you have anything yeah. about the bombing or the I, mail bombs? No. I just want to like briefly touch on that because Please. it is so wild that I think as of our recording, so we're recording Thursday night yeah. again, uh, October 25th. Was it eight bombs that were mailed out to bunch. to higher ups in the? The uh, Democratic Party, vocal critics of Trump, and the reaction to it has been fucking wild. Like, this false flag thing. So a lot of people are accusing liberals of sending bombs to their own people for... To gin up sympathy before midterms. But they're real ass bombs. Right. Why would we want to get rid of. (laughs) Right. Like nobody put like baking soda in an envelope and called it anthrax. Like these are real ass bomb ass bombs. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, how is this not the the biggest news story of the year? Like there is, this is terrorism. This is domestic terrorism. And people are like, well, probably they're doing it to themselves. Because what 
What easier way to drum up sim- sympathy than launch a full-fledged bomb attack on some higher-ups? Mm-hmm. Cool plan. Which would likely go off by not the people themselves, but the people who handle their mail right. and go through it. It is just the, re- like, the story itself is... This is just U.S. politics now. This is how it works yeah. when you encourage people to just assume the worst... I assume everybody's being dishonest with you because you're being dishonest with everybody, so everybody else (laughs) must also be a lion. It's just, like, the fact that this is happening is so wild and so scary, but the reaction by people is just next-level bananas cuckoo. Like, it is, like, this is what partisan, this, like, weird partisan rhetoric has gotten us, that you think we're sending ourselves bombs? Like, what the fuck is happening? Anyway, that's just been rocking my whole world. Anyway, on to atheism stuff. <laughs> uh, let me start with this story out of Tasmania, the Australian state. Out of I've out been of to nowhere. Tasmania. Have you? It's really lovely. There you go. There are kangaroos there. I'd love to go. They, are, they may become the first state, I think in Australia, not the world, but in Australia, um, to just get rid of gender designations on birth certificates. Oh, interesting. And this is something that transgender people have been fighting for for a while. Sure. And, you know, part of me, this is the ignorant part, was just like, I don't see why it's a big deal. I I get why transgender people might not want to do it or Mm -hmm. or don't want to do it, but I don't know why this is a law or why there is... uh, I don't know what the opposition is to this idea. And the truth is, when I looked into it... I still can't find any good opposition to the idea because the question that one of my co-writers said on Friendly Atheists is, seriously, what happens, what, what do you do with the gender on your birth certificate? Because if you ask me, the answer is nothing. I've never used it once. No one's ever asked me. Yeah. No one's had to pull it out to confirm anything. It's never done anything for me. I don't know where my birth certificate is. Yeah, because it doesn't matter right. because you're not... Obama. (laughs) So, like, the fact that, oh, if you got rid of gender on the birth certificate, it would cause zero Zero, harm to cis people who Mm -hmm. present and are that gender, but it would be very meaningful to trans people who are affected by it. Right. Because you could say, show me your birth certificate. I want to make sure the way you present yourself matches up with your biological sex. Like, they could use it against them. Yeah. it's And we're going to get into, like, the trans stuff later today but it's so fucking wild that like people are like you have to match your birth certificate like i don't i've i don't know where my birth certificate is right now i've never seen my husband's like let's not (laughs) pretend your birth certificate is like this thing that everybody carries around is like their valor like their their (laughs) momentous thing of this is who i am and this is who i shall be it's something that takes two seconds for a doctor to do right like really doesn't have that much meaning as opposed to how you present my name isn't the same as what's on my birth (laughs) certificate are you gonna fight me over it like if i ran for president so i'm gonna be like well it says jessica ann bloomke on her birth certificate but her legal name is jessica bloomke grife who is she trying to fool? <laughs> now, the interesting thing is there are a couple of people in the government in Tasmania who are pushing back against this. Not like not like conservative Christians and ours, but they are pushing back. And one of their arguments is, well, no one else has done this, so we don't know what the consequences are. Oh, good point, Tasmania. <laughs> you fucking nailed it. <laughs> Which is like when you're being a leader in something, <laughs> part of it is you have to lead. lead Someone's from behind. Gonna, it's, yeah, seriously. Um and the other thing, I don't know what potential consequences they think 
what are they worried about I that would no happen? Idea. I I tried thinking of some. I couldn't think of anything. And by the way, Tasmania has some really discriminatory laws against transgender people. It, even and this is not transgender. A cross dressing, a separate issue, was illegal until two thousand. Two thousand. They are late to the game on a lot of AD? these issues. Yes. Um, so I hope it happens. It'll be a huge benefit to people who are trans, yeah. and it doesn't affect anybody else. Right? I. It's a good. It's a good request to make. It's an important request to make. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what. I mean, I'm. I'm. At me. I don't know what the opposition is to this that yeah. you have to have your gender because I've literally never thought about what the gender is on my birth certificate until I read this story. No, not at all. And it's. I really think it's interesting that you said cross dressing was illegal until two thousand. It seems like. A lot of countries have like just chilled for a while, and then they're just like going full bore. Like Ireland is what's coming to mind. <laughs> of like they decided like okay, well, homosexual, you know, gay marriage is legal, and fuck the Catholic Church. And also like they're like okay, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it big. And Tasmania is like yeah, 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 no, we can we can run with this. But like that's very very cool. Yeah. So my uh, Twitter picture. Yeah. That's in Tasmania. I'm hanging out with a kangaroo or a wallaby. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I don't know the difference. It was very soft. Okay. That was boring. (laughs) I was going to say, this is, you you probably want to get the species right. (laughs) I mean, it's adorable and it hops and it has soft fur. That's all that matters. So while we're talking about transgender issues. While we're talking about kangaroos. (laughs) While we're talking about trans issues. So the Trump administration this week basically wants to erase them out of existence. Yes. And the way they're doing it is basically saying they're fighting for a policy that would say you're locked out. Trans people would be locked out of federal civil rights protection. So if you work for the government, they could fire you just for being trans, Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be discrimination under what the Trump administration is proposing, in part because their definition of your gender define sex as male or female unchangeable and determined by the genitals that you're born with because according to them that is grounded in science unquote hey you know what it's super not can we talk about that for a minute Mm -hmm. so um one in 1500 to one in 2000 newborns have atypical genitals um, a lot more people. A lot more people than that are born with subtle forms of sex anatomy var- uh, variations. A lot of them won't gr- won't show up until later in life. Um, it, it's just like so. This idea that where's the rest of it? My printer started printing on two sides, and it's really just <laughs> it's messing up, with you, salting my game pretty hard. I mean, think about um, stuff that could happen if this if this proposal goes through. The an elderly. Uh, the way they want to discriminate, you could have a transgender woman turned away from a hospital in mm-hmm. certain cases for uh, an emergency. You could have uh, people, insurance companies, deny trans people for transition-related care. Mm-hmm. Um, so some babies born with male genitalia um, have an extra X chromosome, a condition that's known as Klinefelter syndrome. Um, androgen insensitivity syndrome, a person has an XY chromosome. So I guess my point is... I caught it. Good catch. Thank you. Uh, I guess my point is this sort of idea that we have, of like up until five years ago, gender was really 
easily defined and it was male or female and if you're born with a penis you're male and that's how it works when the reality is a sex and gender aren't the same thing and b it's never been that simple there have been there have been just because it's new to you right. doesn't mean <laughs> right. it's new right so i mean up until pretty recently and probably still happening if if a child if a baby was born with ambiguous genitalia a lot of times the doctor would just like pick one yeah. and be like, okay, you're, you're a girl and we're going to chop your bits up to make it look more feminine. And then that's just how they live their life. And so to pretend that this is a new concept, this has been happening for literally ever. One of the most, uh, one of the nastiest parts of the proposed policy is they said any dispute about one's sex would have to be clarified with genetic testing. Which who is what? Who are we protecting here? Uh, conservative Christian feelings is what this is all about because this is that's the one group. And again, I've heard this mentioned before in other elections. You might have said, "Let's talk about gay marriage. Let's talk about yeah. abortion," because we need conservative Christians to get to the polls because this is what's on the line. Well, guess what? You can't say, "Hey, same-sex marriage. It's it's scary. Get to the polls to prevent it." Because it happened, and we're all pretty fine. Yeah, everything's fine with that. They can't use that as a boogeyman anymore. They are already using abortion. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole Supreme Court uh, debate was all about. But they're like, oh, no, we need more people. What can we do? What can we do? Which minority group can we stick it to? Right. So that conservative Christians are like, yes, this is a policy that needs to go through. This will get me to the polls at the midterms because we need more Republicans to pass this through. That's the reason I mean, it's Yeah, happening. they're just using trans people as a boogeyman, which... Because they think it's an easy target. Yeah. is it? I mean, maybe because it's... A small popu- a relatively small population, so I, I it's think, easier to. I think that's part of it, but I also think they think that they don't that trans people don't have the sort of support uh, from the broader community, oh. so it's easier to pick on them. Just like it's easier to pick on Muslims, I think they mm, get this mm-hmm. in, uh, in their heads. Like, let's pick on Muslims and not other religious minorities because no one's going to defend them. Sure. And yes, people are defending them. And same thing with trans people. At least, again, I'm in this liberal bubble, I know. But at least when this policy came through, uh, it was overwhelmingly criticized. N- like, no one in, and obviously, my circles was saying this was a good idea. Right. But it seemed like it wasn't just my circle. It seemed like a lot of people just saw this as pretty petty. Exactly. Um, That's the exact words. It's petty and it feels vindictive. Yeah. I mean, there's no, you don't have to do this. You're doing it to be a dick. You're doing it to get conservatives out to the polls. And don't you feel like that's a a defining thing in in Trump's presidency? Cruelty. It's cruelty. We're going to pick a target. We're going to pick a victim. We're going to pick somebody who's disenfranchised anyway and just shit on them further. And I just don't. Because that's what Jesus loves. Because that's what Jesus would do. Um, and I think and I hope that is why this I'm hoping that this is sort of a dead cat bounce. I'm hoping this is sort of the death rattle of of this sort of thing, because I I hope that kids growing up, even if you're in a relatively small bubble, you know, I didn't know transgender was a thing till I was in college. Mm-hmm. Kids these days know that it's a thing, so it's. I, I, I just just like same-sex marriage isn't an issue for them, right? Because they it's all know gay anymore. people. Um, so I, I'm hoping that for that reason, just normalizing 
the way we've normalized gay people, the way we're doing our best to normalize the trans community. I'm hoping that this is just the last gasping breath of old angry people who don't like change and change is happening to them and it's happening quickly and not to be sympathetic toward them, but like in the last 20 years, a lot has changed culturally speaking and maybe that's scary, but instead of going with it, they're digging their heels in until their last gasping I mean, this breath. Ha- like you said, this happens all the time. This isn't new. This is just the latest iteration of it. But, I mean, be aware who's targeting, who's being targeted, who is doing the targeting, who's supporting it. Right. Um, keep that in mind. And, again, if you're, if you're going to sit this one out in the midterms, like, hey guys. It's, this is who is at stake. If you ke- I'm telling you, there are so many people who don't have the luxury of voting for whatever reason, mm-hmm. or maybe they're, uh, they can't physically or they have other issues where they can't vote for some reason, when you have the ability to right. and you're not going to, yeah. it makes a difference, if for no other reason than to just push up the numbers so people realize they're not alone. Because yes. there is a difference between winning 51-49 and like 80-20, to 20. Mm-hmm. not the end result, but what that means, what right. it signifies, how people react to those numbers. And if, some, if there was a huge landslide for, for the Democrats... One would hope that maybe the GOP would like have to do some soul searching and say, well, we can't rely on our angry, conservative, white, mostly male base anymore because that is a demographic that's shrinking, which is why they're so angry. I don't know. I, I really I genuinely really and truly hope that anybody who is listening to to this right now and who lives in the United States and is eligible and able is going to vote. Early voting has already started in a lot of parts of the country. I know in Illinois, we haven't and I just went out to dinner, and I don't know if you saw the booth behind us. They all had their I Voted Today stickers Good. on. Yeah. Um, so there's there's absentee ballots, there's do mail-in it. ballots. There's I'm way planning to do, to do it. it on election day because it's funner it, yeah. for me, but me, whatever, do it. Way. What are you waiting for? Why? Please. Why? Oh, guys, guys, if you like anything that we say, or if you don't, <laughs> vote, please. We need Vote this. for a Democrat who will make us mad. I would appreciate that. I would love to be mad at a Democrat for a change. I'm Give very, me that option. Yeah. That would be a nice change of hate. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm sure I've said this before on the show, but I look back, I do, I use Time Hop, which is uh-huh. like a thing of like, a thing you posted this day in the last however many years of your social media history. And so a lot of times I come up with shit I used to write about for friendly uh-huh. atheists. From and like, like five, six years ago. Yeah, from twenty twelve is when huh? I yeah. when I was writing for the and like yeah, there was still some really despicable shit. Like the Todd Aiken stuff was happening. But some of the stuff that I was writing about, I'm like, oh you sweet summer child. Like <laughs> those were that's you spent two hours writing a piece about that. Like yeah. <laughs> Like people such- were, I mean people in the church state separation circles we're mad at Obama because he was allowing certain types of discrimination using federal money for groups that were doing secular types of work. Uh-huh. So if you gave a Catholic group money to run some sort of charity or distribute goods after a hurricane, they could staff themselves and, and discriminate in who they hired to staff it. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a problem. Obama should have been criticized for it. He was criticized for it. But that compared to everything else happening now, like, like I wish I could. Stakes. I wish I could be mad at the first thing. Uh, let's let's go to a different issue altogether, and this okay. is just a perennial whipping topic for us. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Arc encounter. Talk about Ark encounter. No. no, we must. We must. No. I'll make it quick. Don't worry. 
I'll make it quick. Heaven, I think for wait, how yeah. many episodes yeah. have we released? Two fifty. Like I think for a three hundredth episode, we need to go to Ark Encounter. I think you Jesus owe me a Christ. trip to Kentucky. No one to owes see anyone a trip Ark to Ark Encounter. Encounter. Here's here's the news. Part of this you've heard before. Part of this you have not heard before. Um, because the public records allow us to know how many people are buying tickets, not getting free ones, but buying tickets to Ark Encounter. Oh, our two hundred fiftieth episode is coming up. We should Look do something. Look at that. We should. We won't. We should. <laughs> Um, we but can barely get our shit together to record <laughs> once a week. The, the public records show how many people are visiting Ark Encounter and paying tickets for it. Uh-huh. And it's been going on long enough now, thanks to a paleontologist in Kentucky named Dan Phelps, who does a great job of getting these records, that we can now compare month to month from last year to this year. Uh-huh. And what we found starting in July, when the, they started overlapping, is that, okay, in July, they had fewer people visiting than last July. Okay. That seems like an apples to apples comparison. It's Same a thing. Year over year fall. Yes. Um, in August, last the data we had, it also showed a drop from the previous August. And now we have numbers for September. Here's what you, you want if you want raw numbers 69,207 people bought tickets in September. Okay. But last September, it was over 83,000. And the point I want to make here is that not only have these past three months shown a drop in visitors from the same time last year, the drop is getting progressively bigger. Really? Yeah. Like, it went... The drop in attendance in July was over Uh 6,000. Then it was 8,000. Now it's over 14,000. Like, this is a bigger gap month by month. And we're getting into the months where no one visits because it's cold out and the kids are in schools. Yeah. So, interesting. Interesting. Do you want a happy story? Uh, yeah. I do have a happy story for you. Okay. And by happy, I just mean not related to any of the other stuff. Okay. Uh, this is a new product that I did not know existed, and I almost feel mad that I didn't think this would exist, but it does. Tell me a everything. A website called Fresh, which I believe is also sold at Fresh? Sephora, like the makeup store. Okay. There's a brand called Fresh, and they are now selling ChapStick. $26. Okay. Yeah, plus shipping and handling if you buy it online. Uh-huh. But it's special chapstick because they make different, was it flavors? Yeah. Is that the right word for it, for uh-huh. chapstick? Different flavors depending on your astrological sign. <laughs> so there's a Pisces chapstick That's and an excellent. Aries chapstick. Does the Pisces chapstick taste like fish? <laughs> is that Shouldn't gross? It? Is that the grossest thing I've that ever That really said? is. Um, but so the question is, what's different? How would you know if you lost the labels? <laughs> could anyone tell? Like, oh, that's the Gemini chapstick. So harmless, Hammond. No, let me. No, you know who's using this? That eleven-year-old. Here, look. Here's oh some questions God. we want to know that we were writing about. What's in the ingredients? Are they tailored to the movement of the planets? Do Leos have more chapped lips than Tauruses? I'm separating myself from this. I think no, it's good, no. clean fun. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, we're and the real question about is: an entire community of people losing their rights and chapstick, <laughs> all-encompassing show here. It's the same chat. I want people to do the experiment. Take the labels off. Trade it up. Let's see if all the Sagittarii figure out which one is theirs. It's not going to happen. The thing that surprised me the most. <laughs> is that Gwyneth Paltrow didn't think of this for goop. Oh, that's a pretty good joke. It's something else. You're welcome. Um, so I'm a Libra, so I bet my chapstick would taste like brass. 
I don't like, think that's scales, how it works. Right? I, uh, sure. Yes. Virgo. Oof, right. Don't want to get in there. That's <laughs> uncomfortable. What's your sign, Hammett? Um, Pisces. Fish. Sure. Right? Yeah. I guess I need that chaps. To, um, is this a good show? No. Okay, okay. let's talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> so the so museum. Breaking news from Breaking news. The Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> Get off the show. So the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. This is the place that was started by the family, the Green family that runs Hobby Lobby. This oh, cool. is their museum because they have a lot of money and they don't know what to do with it. So they made a museum dedicated to showing you how important the Bible has been throughout history. And one of the exhibits that they had are uh, several artifacts uh-huh. that are collectively known as the Dead Sea Scrolls, or at least relic parts of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh-huh. And this is basically, if these were legit, what these are are like early copies of the Old Testament, older than any other version of the Bible that we have. Gotcha. So if you actually had the Dead Sea Scrolls and they, they really were what they were purported to be, you have something way written thousands of years ago uh-huh. that suggests, hey, in the game of telephone known as the Bible, <laughs> this, this is what they were saying way back when. And hey, look, it's pretty close to, it is almost identical to what we say now that the Old Testament says that ought to give you, uh, give the Bible legitimacy because yeah. this is the story that's been passed down generation after generation. If two people say the same story. That makes a fact. That's, that's the argument. Science, that's the argument in the Museum of the Bible. Well, it turns out if they do, they underwent forensic testing really? for some of these scraps and they found out that five of the fragments, and I think they had like uh, nine or 11 fragments, but five of them, uh, quote, show characteristics inconsistent with ancient origin, huh. and therefore they're not going to be shown in the Wait, museum. Wait, uh, do they have, was it made like in 2015, or that, like, is well, it just... I don't know that they can pinpoint a date when it was made, but what they're saying is, you said, I mean, in theory, these are supposed to be thousands of years old. Sure, sure, sure. They're not. Uh-huh. That's what we know, because we know what those relics are supposed to look like, and what uh, they would be covered with, and what chemicals we would see, and these don't have them. And one of the, re- there's a couple of ways to go with this, but one of the things is the Green family has so much money that they were just buying up whatever people said were relics. Oh, with you mean no they weren't being due skeptical diligence. about they, their purchase? Believe it or not, the Museum of the Bible people didn't know how to be skeptical. <laughs> they were just, people knew they were buying it too. So they're like, well, we got something for you. And they're like, excellent, just give it to us. Uh, one of the Green family members told a reporter, like, yeah, I don't know where we specifically got these from. Hey, guys, you're supposed to track <laughs> that. It's a museum. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and, again, this is the same company, uh, the Green family in the museum. These are the same people who remember smuggled artifacts from, oh, like, Iraq yeah. a while ago so they could fill up the museum with stuff. And, again, the the joke that's ongoing with this, it's not an original, trust me, is like, oh, they found out that these Dead Sea Scrolls are fakes. Who's going to tell them about the rest of the Bible? <laughs> of course. But um, it is weird that, like, they're removing the stuff from the exhibits. But what are they putting up there then? Like, ci- you just need citation needed signs all over <laughs> the museum here. Here's my question. Why do they trust these... The black market of Bible shit? No. Okay, that <laughs> I understand. Yes. 
But why do they trust these like forensic investigators? Because these are the same people who think that the Earth is probably older than 6,000 years. You know what it is? It's one of the things the Green family said when this place opened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they... I'm not, we're going to believe some science when it's convenient no, to us. No, 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 no. They said we are not doing the sort of thing Ken Ham is doing in Kentucky. Oh. They said we are not trying to convert you. We're not trying to convince you this version of the Bible is correct and other versions or other interpretations are wrong. Sure. We want to show you the role the Bible has played throughout history so that you know Jews and Muslims and Hindus could walk into the museum and still get something out of it, even if you don't buy into the Jesus myth. I mean, and there, I completely, if, if you're going to honestly do that and be intellectually honest with it, yeah, that I think that'd be really important. I mean, because you can talk about how the Bible was formed and created yeah, without to... getting into the supernatural stuff. Granted, they want to do both, right? But th- that no, is their claim I mean, to the Museum of the Bible. I would argue. Uh, so I was a literature major at, at Ball State University, and I would argue that I was at a disadvantage in a lot of my classes because literature is rife with biblical references and and allusions. And I, they all just went straight over my head. Like, we had to read Genesis. I was like, there's two Genesises? This is <laughs> madness. Um, but even in, um, in The God Delusion, in Richard Dawkins' book, he has a couple pages or a chapter or something dedicated to, like, ways that the Bible has influenced culture. Because that's undeniable, right? You right. cannot deny that so the Bible... I, I mean- a lot of high schools, a lot of states have passed laws that allow high schools to teach the Bible as literature from a secular point of view, even though that boundary line is frequently crossed. Right. And, and that I, is a problem. And I think but that's a really could... interesting problem to solve because I do think that it's valuable to have some biblical knowledge. But if, like, how many people, it seems like there's a fair few, you know, there's not many people out there who are interested in teaching it who can also be objective about it and treat it like any other, treat it like you, teach it like you teach yeah. Beowulf. And right? that is what the Greens purport to want to do with this museum. Can we go there? Can we go to D.C.? No. Yeah, sure. Yes. All right. Patreon, get on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just funny that these people didn't authenticate these things that they claim grants legitimacy to the Bible. Sure. Surprise, surprise. I mean, I'm impressed. Okay, credit where credit's due. I'm impressed that they had them tested instead of just being like, well, this is kind of brown, so uh, it's probably old. I don't, uh, I could be wrong about this. I don't think they were like, hmm, you know, we should have them tested. I, oh. I think the reason is there were reporters who were like, these are totally fake. Oh. And they're like, don't you worry. We're going to get them tested and confirm credit that you're redacted. all, that you're fake <laughs> news. Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> We've done a bad. Oh, to sit in that board meeting. I know. <laughs> to find out. Um, Oof. That's not great. Here is here is a genuinely interesting story. I'm I'm curious to hear your take on this. In Australia, last year, mm-hmm. um, there was a royal commission in Australia that last year looked into religious abuse, sex abuse, child abuse, uh, in the Catholic Church. They did it with Jehovah's Witnesses because there was rampant sex abuse of children in these religious institutions, correct, and elsewhere, but really religious institutions. And one of the things this commission did is they put forth a long list of recommendations as to how we move forward as a country, uh-huh. including these religious institutions. Um, you know, uh, talk about hey, this is how you be transparent. This is how you can prevent this from happening in the future. 
and you should adopt our recommendations. Okay. It's not a it's not a law. You don't have to. But if you care about this stuff, you should. Uh-huh. One of the recommendations was the government owes the people of Australia an apology for all the times it hasn't provided the right oversight. It hasn't wow. uh, punished the people who are responsible for these crimes. And this week, the Prime Minister, <laughs> Scott Morrison, actually issued that formal apology. Imagine, like, wow. the, the uh, State of the Union address where the president talks to the country and everyone in Congress. That's essentially what he did wow. um, to Parliament. And I'm going to tell you part of what he said. Uh, Today, Australia confronts a trauma, an abomination hiding in plain sight for far too long. Today, we confront a question too horrible to ask, let alone answer. Why weren't the children of our nation loved, nurtured, and protected? Why was their trust betrayed? Why didn't we believe? I'm skipping around here. Today, we dare to ask these questions and finally acknowledge and confront the lost screams of our children. Wow. Mr. Speaker, today as a nation, we confront our failure to listen, to believe, and to provide justice. And again, today, we say sorry to the children we failed. Sorry to the parents whose trust was betrayed and who have struggled to pick up the pieces. Sorry to the whistleblowers who we did not listen to. Sorry. This goes on for a while. Sure. It was a fine. That, wow. That's a good speech. Now, the question is, what was, did that have a point? Because it doesn't fix their mistakes, and it's not action that they are taking to move forward. Uh-huh. It's a nice symbolic gesture yes so that's i mean that's my yes question. i i think that's fair if that is not followed by action it is hollow but i think it's an important step in the right direction to be sure um and i think here's what i think i think that i Obviously, I am not into religion. I think religion as a whole is harmful. I don't necessarily think burning it all to the ground is always the answer, despite my rhetoric. But I think a big problem we, as an American society, certainly, and it seems like it was the same in Australia, is that we hold religion to different rules than we do anything else. So if the YMCA had these allegations, had, had a, a, a fraction of the allegations against it, we would shut that shit down. Is, so is, the YMCA is religious. Is oh, fuck. Yeah, that's a good point. Failed. God damn it. What's a non-religious? Yeah, uh, public school uh, or whatever. Like, I, mean, I say like could, the Girl Scouts of America, which is not, not religiously affiliated. Right? Not religious, private organization. But if there was the, the, the sort of rampant abuse that went through that, we would shut it down in a minute. But because there is this sort of halo around, no pun intended, around religion, mm-hmm. people are so afraid to criticize it that it lives in a different plane and it lives by different rules and than re- anybody else. One of the other recommendations that has not been taken up by the Catholic Church, and again, the government can't control all the church's stuff unless it bleeds into criminal investigations and such. But, but even then they don't do anything about even it. Even then they don't do enough, yeah. Uh, one of the things was if someone confesses to abuse in the confessional booth, yeah. priests have to uh, report that to the authorities just as a school teacher would have to report that if they found out. So you said this is in Australia? Yeah. Okay. Um, and the church has rejected that. They don't yeah. want to... They say if you tell us something in confession, it's a secret. We don't care what it is. And people have been harmed because of that. Because even the criminals are like, well, I can... 
I can feel better about myself by sure. bearing my soul to the priest in a confessional booth because they ain't going to tell anybody. So wild. So it's an apology. It's a symbol. It's like thoughts and prayers. But like we're saying, um, maybe more than that. But yeah. it's action is what matters because the apology is your where you want to go. But actually put this yeah. into practice. No, I think that it's more, I think it's beyond thoughts and prayers because I th- I mean, do you remember a couple, God, maybe four or five years ago when um, Obama mentioned non-believers in the State of the Union? Yes. And just that acknowledgement of that our <laughs> That, that our we're a nation of different religions, yes. this, 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 and yes, non-believers. Yes, and non-believers. Yeah. And that felt so good and so gratifying. So, like, there's and a And it re- was a symbol. Yeah. yeah. And there's a reason words hold power because... Mm-hmm. They do make, I, I feel more acknowledged when that's the case. So, like, yes, it's not bringing down the hammer on Catholic church abuses in Australia, but acknowledging it has to be the first step. And acknowledging it and saying, we fucked this up bad. We did a big thing badly, to quote Aaron Sorkin for some reason. Yeah. Um, to be sure, a and, lot of and, people found it a powerful apology. Um, yeah, there was one victim who I thought said exactly what we're talking about, which is if they think saying sorry is going to finish it, it's not. There is still so much to be done. It's a beginning, not an end. It has to be the beginning. It's a beginning, not an end, to be sure. So so there's that. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Here's a happy story, and then I want to get to one of the ones Yeah, you haven't been... Brought up. We've been kind of skipping over all my stories, but that's fine. I'm not mad. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Let me take over. (laughs) No, uh, this follows into the same line of what the government is doing. Arizona had a program. Arizona is one of the states where kids don't get vaccinated as much as they should. Cool. Part of that is because people are ignorant and they fall for the lies about, you know, how there's totally proof that vaccines cause whatever disease you want to cause. Um, And there are religious objections to it. So in Arizona, they had a online course intended to educate citizens about vaccines. Are you using educate in scare quotes or literally educate? No, actually educate them. Um, about what vaccines did, how they work, like what the side effects are or are not. Uh-huh. And it uh-huh. was a perfectly fine optional educational course. I feel a butt coming. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem is after they, they said this optional course was available and stuff, people started complaining. And by people, I mean anti-vaxxers who said a couple things. One is they said, well, it's optional now, but you're going to make it mandatory. Sure. There's nothing anti-vaxxers hate more than mandatory education. <laughs> um, and, of course, people are like, I have religious objections to it. How dare you tell me that I'm wrong? You're making a jack-off motion. Uh-huh. I sometimes and, forget people can't see me. I know. And so what did Arizona do as a result of the complaints? They have canceled oh, you don't fucking the say. optional statewide vaccination education program. Because welcome to the United States. Yay. Just why do we keep folding to these people? I don't know. Uh, Even a Republican state representative said, I'm not sure why providing information is seen as a negative thing. And she a was Republican a said Republican said that? in Arizona. Did this said Republican that? know the about the Republican Party? <laughs> Good question. She's the chairwoman of the House Health Committee. She helped create the program. She knew that this was a good program. And basically, she, when someone asked why this was happening, why they were canceling the program, she actually wrote back. Uh, this is a different 
a health official, mm-hmm. not the representative. Someone wrote back, we're sorry we couldn't make a go of this. Strong forces against us. That was it. That was well, her you're response. you're the government, so I feel like you've got some And the strong forces you. are liars. They're uneducated. They're misinformed. Who cares what they say and when they complain about it? Just say, you're wrong, so we're going to keep doing this. Yeah, I mean, it's this the same. This is worth the pushback. It is, and it's the same as, like, the... There's both sides to things, or we need to hear everybody out. No, not everybody has a valid opinion. Like, not everybody's opinion is valid and based in fact. And just because you have that opinion doesn't mean we all have to deal with your garbage opinion. Like, yeah. I just, just stop. Like, everybody just shut up for like one second, <laughs> and maybe let's like let scientists think about science and dictate. What would anyway? It's just frustrating, Hammond. Like, why do people? Why? Why do we keep having to do this? Be I blame Jenny McCarthy for all of my problems. Yeah, that's fair. It's just easier. And uh, was Jim Carrey an anti-vaxxer or were they just? Married? Oh, he was. He's less so now, or at least he's silent about it. I haven't figured him out yet. There was can't decide if I like him or don't. No sidebar. Let me tell you why you don't like Jim Carrey. Yes. He was okay. You do you remember? Did you ever see uh, Man on the Moon when he no. played uh, Andy, Andy Kaufman? Kaufman? No. Okay. That do you know who you know who Andy Kaufman is? Yeah. You said the name Funny without me dude. prompting. Good. Yes. Oh my god. Look at me. <laughs> Pop culture <laughs> expert right here. So as long as it's before two thousand three. <laughs> so um, Jim Carrey famously was like a method actor. Do you know you know what method acting is? Took on the persona of Yeah, it was just like always in character. So they did this documentary about, and just came out maybe last year, about the making of that movie. And holy fucking Christ, Jim Carrey comes off as the most insufferable wang (laughs) ever. Like I... I thought it was a good... I mean, I saw it in theaters. I haven't was seen it Was he since. a dick as the character? Or it was, was... No, it wasn't that he was a dick. He was just insufferable. And, like, he would talk to Andy Kaufman's actual real family as Andy Kaufman. Oh, and I was freaky. like, that's the worst... That, Mikey, what was that documentary <laughs> called about Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman? If he can't remember, there's no hope for the universe. Anyway, pretty sure he just so gave the, you the finger. He did not. On. He's think. Uh, anyway, the point is, we don't like Jim Carrey. I see. He seems insufferable, and he was an anti-vaxxer. Is it, was it's like one it's or like the Andy other. and and Jim or something. Jim, Jim and, and Andy. Andy. Is it Jim and Andy? It was Jim and the Andy. Things Mikey. I do for you. Good night, honey. <laughs> um, anyway, so we don't like Jim Carrey. I guess I this is the, the moral of that story. Fuck, that at documentary Jessica. was exhausting. Yeah, again, <laughs> at J-E-S-S-I-C-A is definitely my Twitter handle, and you'll definitely find me there. Um, are you done with your sure. Baxter thing? What do we got? Um, God, I've got a couple of things. Oh, I want to go back to the... Tra- I actually had wanted to try to package this in with our talking about trans rights, but I think yeah. it's worth revisiting. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner... Oh, this should be good. Admitted she was wrong. Go on. I'm extremely... I think this just like this just dropped today. Uh, she did an opinion piece in, I think, the New York Times. Um, so, Caitlyn Jenner, for those of you who, who don't know, is a m- probably one of the more famous trans, trans people, trans women on the planet, like, publicly transitioned. Um, and she's affiliated with the Kardashians, I think, and also was a 
decathlon winner. I don't know. She's famous as hell. So I know she transitioned and she's an advocate for trans rights. She's also a rich white person and so is a Republican. And, and supported she, Trump. And, and supported said. Trump. So she caught a lot of flack, rightly so, for supporting Trump and supporting the Republican, Republican Party in general because she was apparently steadfast in her beliefs that the Republican Party was going to do right by the trans community because history has taught us nothing, Caitlin. This is the Washington Post, and this is oh, the, the thing she Post. said Thank talking you. about what you just got to. I believed I could work within the party and the Trump administration to shift the minds of those who need most needed shifting uh-huh. when it comes to these rights. And of course... The whole time she's been talking about this stuff, everyone's been telling her like, "No, like that's what are not you?" It's happen. the same reaction they had to Kanye, who's also in the Kardashian family. Oh yeah, who also they were just like, "No, it's just what's in the water there." It's Kardashian money. Water. But the whole point is like they were saying these things, and everyone else was like, "I'm sure you think you can get through to him because he reaches out to you because he likes you." And he, he used talks. empty rhetoric. He said he was a friend of the right. Of, he he said he was a fan uh, a friend of the LGBTQ community. I bet press he could not tell you what those letters stood for. Yeah. And um, the whole point, everyone's been telling Caitlyn Jenner and Kanye West, like, dude, he doesn't have your best interest no. at heart. He's and using he's, you. He's using you. He's lying to you about this stuff. Yeah. She said, I've made many trips to Washington to lobby and educate members of Congress, Congress and other Washington policymakers and powerful influencers. These meetings were generally positive and almost always led to encouraging conversations. Despite the criticism I received from segments of the LGBTQ community um, for engaging with this administration, I remain hopeful for, us, for a positive change. And there is an element to that that I, I have to begrudgingly respect. I think she thought she was doing the best she could. I think she was very much blinded by her priorities, which were almost certainly financially related. Yeah, This is uh, another part of the same essay in the post. Um, my <laughs> should, hope, we just, should we just do a group reading of maybe. a popcorn My reading? hope in him, in them, the Trump administration, was misplaced, and I cannot support anyone who is working against our community. I do not support Trump. I must learn from my mistakes and move forward. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the I don't, I'm not as generous as you are in terms of like, I begrudgingly respect that she owns up to her mistake there. It's yeah. that everyone who follows these issues knew he was lying. Mm. Everyone knew when you pick Mike Pence as your vice president, we know where this is going. Yeah. We've been telling, we've been shouting this from the rooftops to everyone who would listen for years. Right. Caitlyn Jenner's the idiot who didn't listen, who said, no, 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 I know better than every organization and all the millions of people who are saying Trump is bad. I'm just going to use my platform and and it's not a small one. No. A yeah, huge platform right. to tell people this guy knows what he's doing. And as a result, here's the thing. Caitlyn Jenner is going to be fine, like you said. Of course she's going to be fine. She'll be okay after all this. This was never a Caitlyn Jenner concern about Caitlyn Jenner. Right. Other trans people, other people who have so much to lose. And that's what I'm saying. She's prioritizing her personal right. wealth over anything else. I will... Okay, again, I just want to give... I. I it takes a lot to admit you're wrong when you're in the public eye and you admit you're wrong. It's not easy. It's almost always the right thing to do. But so she, but, and this is what she said. Sadly, I was wrong. 
The reality is that the trans community is being relentlessly attacked by this precedent. The leader of our nation has shown no regard for an already marginalized and struggling community. He has ignored our humanity. He has insulted our dignity. He has made trans people into political pawns as he whips up animus against us in, in an attempt to energize the most right-wing seg segment of the party, claiming his anti-transgender policies are meant to, quote, protect the country. This is politics at its worst. It is unacceptable. It is upsetting. And it has deeply personally hurt me. So... Here's the thing. Yes, she has been wrong for a very, very, very long time, and she was wrong for dumb, selfish reasons. But she understands why she was wrong. At least, A, she's not doubling down, and B, all of the things she said are absolutely true. Yes, they've been true for as long as Trump has been in the public eye, but fuck, at least she's come around and not doubled down on her own bad decisions. Here's right? where I take it. No. Am I being too generous? Yeah, okay. because... <laughs> It, it's like uh, Nikki Haley or Omarosa coming around and saying, you guys, I was wrong about him. It's like, we were, everyone was saying that to you forever. Just because yeah. now you're getting off the Trump train and trying to redeem yourself, like, you don't, yeah, you don't get I'm credit. You shouldn't get credit when you, it's too late now. The damage is done and it's being continued for a long time. Kanye's doing the exact same thing. Like, if... If any African Americans decide to support Trump because of what Kanye said, I don't yeah. know that that's going to happen. But if they do, yeah, how, sort of. how many things does this guy, does Trump have to do to convince you? You didn't listen when everyone was saying it. You didn't. I, you know what I don't see in this essay as I'm reading it is here's why I ignored every single person who was telling me I was wrong yeah, for a long time. Right. I think it's just a chance at redemption because everyone hates Caitlyn Jenner. Like she's seen the writing on the wall and realized yeah. she needs to. Because Instead Trump of being a trans icon, which I think Caitlyn Jenner was when she came out as yes. such. Yes, oh, 100%. Now everyone's like, you're the chump who thought Trump was good for your cause? Mm -hmm. Like you're an idiot. And now that that's the only thing anyone remembers her for... I think this yeah, is just a, true. all right, this is my chance of redemption. I, I guess you're right. I, with I Trump guess... voters who are like, I can't believe my job is gone in the coal industry. Or like the Trump voter whose immigrant husband got deported. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it would happen to me. No, you're right. You're 100% oh. right. I guess I, I just want to leave space for people to admit that they're wrong. And even if she was so epically and obviously wrong, I just want space. Base <laughs> there to say like, hey, I fucked up. Here's and like, the compromise I don't there. Th but the thing is, I don't think we need to like forgive her for everything. Right, I right. don't think she is like back in the fold. She's not back in our good graces. <laughs> but at least she's jumped off the Trump train. At least she's seen the error of her ways, even if it was for it took two and a half years. This is the one thing that I think is missing in this essay and we've talked about this whenever we talk about people apologizing for anything it's fine we want people to apologize if they did something wrong you're totally right about that but that apology kind of has to include here's why i didn't get it before here's why i was stupid enough to ignore all the smart people who were telling me i was wrong about this for so long and here's what I'm doing to make up for it. Yeah, you're right. I think all the apologies, all the public ones, especially uh, the, the Me Too stuff we've seen, like mm -hmm. you got to kind of atone for yourself somehow, <laughs> just saying, I screwed up. That's nice. What are you going to do about it? And why did you, you're not, you're not oblivious to this. Caitlyn Jenner knows enough to know yeah. why people thought Trump was bad. Mm -hmm. I want to know why she thought 
she knew better than everyone else. Because this is too big of an issue to fuck up this badly. Yeah. Okay. I guess here, one more try, time to try to like summarize, and this is fruitless, and I'm definitely wrong, but here I go <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I almost made have a deuce for take. <laughs> um, so let's do, not that they are the same, but they both fucked up. A. Louis C.K. v. Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Louis C.K. did some fucked up shit, acknowledged he did fucked up shit, yeah. and then just withdrew from public life for a little nine while. months, maybe, uh-huh. and then has tried to re-enter into... The comedy world. The comedy world, having done nothing. The lowest bar is publicly saying... Publicly nothing. Publicly nothing. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, you're right. He's done nothing to elevate the woman he's fucked over. He's done nothing to make the the comedy world a safer place for women. He's done nothing uh, of substance. This feels like more something... This feels like the first step to redemption in a more meaningful way than a Louis C.K. Step yeah, what's Caitlyn Jenner doing to make sure people never vote for Republicans until they get right on this I issue? I mean, speaking out is not nothing. But I, I don't think I saw anything in there that said everyone should vote for Democrats because that, that's the only party that cares about these issues right now. And even Democrats aren't great on it, but they're better than the other alternative right now. Yeah, fi- okay, you know, fine. I'll just be wrong. Ugh. I'm just wrong, and I'll sit in my wrongness. Glad I could put you in your place. <laughs> Let's talk about other people who are wrong. Are we talking about me more? Because I don't have time. No. Yeah. No. So there is a study that came out uh, recently, last week, I think. It's from a ministry called uh, Ligonier Ministries. I don't ask me about their Ligonier? background. Okay. Sure. Um, basically, they talked to three thousand self-identifying evangelical Christians. So is it, it's an evangelical. Yes, they're a Christian ministry that conducted this survey. Let's assume for a second the survey is legit in the sense of their methodology and everything. Let's put our critical thinking hats (laughs) in the corner for a minute. So they talked to 3,000 evangelicals, and what they really wanted to know is what do evangelicals believe when it comes to what are supposed to be evangelical beliefs? Here's what I mean by that. They said things like, do you believe most people are basically good? And most evangelicals, uh, the actual statement was, do you agree with this? Everyone sins a little, little, but most people are good by nature. 52% of evangelicals agreed with that statement. Most people are good. That literally goes against what evangelical Christianity uh, teaches. Oh, yeah, because they think everyone's sinners? Everyone is a sinner. But wait, yeah. isn't that why you get baptized and then you're not a sinner? Oh, you're still a sinner, but you're redeemed by God. But, you know, so by nature, we are sinners and we need God to get better. So, but half, more than half the Christians, evangelicals are like, nope, I don't believe that. (laughs) They also said, here's another statement. Do you agree or disagree? God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Like, there's a path to heaven for everybody. 51% of evangelicals across the board, not just white evangelicals, but all Mm -hmm. evangelicals, 51% agreed with that statement that, oh, it doesn't really matter what religion you are. God accepts all of us. God loves us all the same. It's like, that's the definition of your faith. Jesus is the way. That's what you believe. Yeah. (laughs) And the other statement that got some attention is a statement that basically said Jesus was the first and greatest being created by God. 
And that takes us, that took me a second to figure out what they were the getting at. The first. The first and greatest. Wait, he's not the first. Adam was the first. And Jesus wasn't created by God, uh-huh. according to evangelicals. Jesus is God. That's the whole Holy Trinity thing. Right. So he wasn't created by God. He's just a different uh, presentation of God in, or a different form of God. So anyway, this wasn't a trivia exam. This is getting to the heart and the core of what they believe. And if evangelicals don't believe the very things they're supposed to believe, like, this gets into the heart of, like, are they real evangelicals? Well, they say they are. Well, I mean, we see this so much. Like, If you go off of their beliefs and not their labels, they don't, they don't believe the things they're supposed to. It's like Catholics who say, well, I don't think a communion wafer, a consecrated communion wafer is literally the body of Christ. Or... Or, that's the, that's what you signed up for. Or I don't I disagree with the thing the Pope said. Like you don't get that privilege to disagree. <laughs> yeah, or if they say homosexuality, homosexual acts are intrinsically immoral, are intrinsically disordered, which is what the catechism um, says. Right. That's what the church believes. I don't care if you don't like it or if you think abortion is acceptable in some cases. You don't get to say that and say, I believe I'm a Catholic and I accept all the Catholic doctrine. Or at least you got to say, well, I'm a Catholic, but I don't believe everything the Catholic Church teaches. Yeah. These are evangelicals who are like, no, I'm an evangelical because I, I believe in, in what evangelicalism teaches. They don't. And again, there was a survey, I think, six or seven years ago from Gallup that said, if we ask basic uh, questions about various religions, mm-hmm. like uh, what do people think? What do Christians think about this? Atheists scored highest on that of list, course, yeah. and I think Jews were next and really close. That tracks uh, because they understood what all the religions believe, and the people who knew least about what different religions believed were, you know, some of the people who have power right now. <laughs> so I think mean, this gets to the question of like. These are not minor quibbles. If you claim to follow a religion, you don't get to pick and choose core doctrine. This is yeah. not, is does God love gay people? Is God okay with uh, same-sex marriage? Because you could be a Christian and disagree on how to interpret the Bible on this. Mm-hmm. But the things we just talked about, these are not debatable. These are the core principles of right. what it means to be an evangelical. And if evangelicals don't get that, what does that mean? One of the people they spoke to for this survey, the, the Uh, one of the leaders of the people who conducted the survey, said these results are a serious cause for concern. Uh, And one of the things he said is the evangelical world is in great danger of slipping into irrelevance when it casually forgets the Bible's doctrine. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. No. But but also, here's the, the... To me, the flip side of this is I think we've had this conversation quite a few times. We talked about it just now with with Catholics and and you know, gay rights and things like that. My, I guess my question is, what do we do with that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, because I can say to, I have Catholic, (laughs) I don't want to brag. I have Catholic friends. Look at you. I have Catholic friends. Go back to the, you have friends. Okay. Because that beats me. You're the one who doesn't have friends. Yeah. I have. I can't believe you can divide your friends up into subgroups. (laughs) I have ones of friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, my Catholic friends definitely for the most, I don't think any of my friends are like 
raging homophobes. Right. right? So, so the question is, what would they say about their beliefs? Do they acknowledge that the church said yeah. something? Yeah, but then what's like what's the next step after that for me? The so say I have been raised in the Catholic Church. My family is Catholic. I believe in the bulk of what the Catholic Church mm-hmm. che- teaches. I know the flaws that are there. I still choose to align myself with the Catholic Church. Even if I actively say I don't think the Pope speaks for God or I don't think gay people are necessarily sinners or I don't believe abortion is a kingdom or any of those things, then what? Then what do we do with that? I, I, it's a good question. I, it's a question as them because they're the ones that have to deal with that cognitive dissonance. But to me, it's like you can't be an atheist and say, well, God might or, you know, God probably exists, but sure. I'm an atheist. That doesn't make any sense. Like, you no, had one know, job. But this also, <laughs> okay, this kind of smacks to me of, like, this sort of smugness that people don't like about us. Uh-huh. Which is, oh, you're a Catholic. Do you think gay people are all going to hell? Like, what are, like, what is our end goal? I mean, right. is our so, end goal to say, like, if you don't believe in this, maybe you should re-examine what, what else we're doing? That's because exactly so, where I was going to go with... Is this the best way I think to what, do it? I think what you take from this survey is you can point out that, look, even evangelicals, the people who go to church, who call themselves by that label, they have very different ideas of what it means, so, which also means the people who claim to speak for conservative Christians or who speak for the evangelical church. You mean politicians or, like, church leaders? Both and the church leaders who have the ear of the president right oh, now, okay. people like that, like, no, you don't represent your, you don't even represent your own church on this. You can't say, here's what we should do about trans people because this is what my faith teaches. No, no, no. That's what you and a handful okay. of people believe. Um, and this is why I think it's so important that we have people like Christians on the religious left uh-huh. who are going out and saying, no, we want a government to act the way Jesus acts. And what Republicans are doing has nothing to do with that. that. And we need, and this is part of, this goes to the media, this goes to the people who are liberal, but who call themselves a religious label. We need those voices to speak up more, to say, look, I am Catholic, but this is what the Catholic Church is doing with their faith, and Mm -hmm. I don't support it. And I'm going to walk out of the church, even if culturally I feel like I'm Catholic and I love the traditions. Like, I cannot support a church that has this policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you keep exploring, if you keep pointing out that even Christians don't believe the very basic tenets of their faith, right. I think that helps along the way to say, look, you don't believe the stuff your faith teaches. Where do, where does this, dom- what's the next domino to fall? Sure. Because let's keep going down this path. Because you started, that's good. Yeah. Keep going. Um, if you had your druthers, what do you think would be the the quickest tool toward change if change where uh, let me finish my question i think it'll be more clear okay do you think it'd be more effective to to see overall change if every non-homophobic person who's had premarital catholic left the church Mm -hmm. and said fuck it like you don't speak for me church this is garbage versus staying there and saying like, hey, Catholic Church or Evangelical Mm -hmm. Church or whatever, I still believe in you. I still think that you have value. However, you need to modify your rhetoric because this is... This is not doing it for me anymore. It's it's a total it's a great question and the answer 
I think almost certainly is the first one. Oh my god, they I need, think it's definitely the second one. Really? Oh my god. No, they I think they need to walk out because if they are in the church and they say I want to change the church from within, well the church so let's talk about your catholic friends. If sure. they go to mass, if they uh, have their wedding in the church mm-hmm. or whatever and they're giving money to the church and they are being counted among the numbers in terms of attendance and mm-hmm. how big the church is, or they send their kids to a Catholic school. As far as the church is concerned, you're supporting the stuff we do. We don't have to listen to a damn thing you say. Mm-hmm. If they walked out sure. and took their money and their, their kids with them, and you're not getting their kids either, so that's more money you're not getting down the line, mm-hmm. that, I think, would be the pressure some of these churches need to say, well, we're dying if we don't cater to what they need. Because when you're in the church and you're supporting it and trying to make your voice heard, they don't have to listen to you because they have what they need from you. Here's my counterpoint. Yeah. I think you're right that change would be quicker if there was a mass exodus. Yeah. From, I think we're kind of seeing that in Mormonism, right? Like, there, there is sort of a, a pretty significant drop in their roles um, because yeah. of a lot of these really antiquated views they have. Um, but I think long term, I don't think we're going to eradicate religion. I just don't think that's a thing that's going to happen. So I think if we're talking about in the next 10 years, we want to see these changes. Yes. People walking out of your churches and, and doing whatever. If we're talking in the next generation, the next two generations, if we can have voices within the church that say, like, listen, let's hold on to the good stuff and just release the shit. Let's just release the garbage that's harming, actively harming people and not helping us. I think in, it, it, we could see in two generations because, you know... Has it happened in terms of stuff like same-sex marriage? Because that's been long I enough. Mean, uh, there's definitely huge swaths of the Christian community that embrace, like, fucking walk around Chicago. Yes. Every other church has a gay flag in front of it. You're right. Those are not the non-denominational evangelical megachurches that have the power. And so the question is, but there are evangelical Christians, I would say, mm-hmm. who don't think, the, the people we always see in the news, the who have Trump's ear, that they don't think those people have it right. But there's no pope in the evangelical church. Mm-hmm. You can't change it. And, uh, yeah, and so I think the Catholic church, the Mormon church, are always going to be anomalies because they're a top-down religion, for sure. Yeah. Whereas an evangelical church does not have a, a, a central point of, of power. Um so I, who but, creates but, change inside the evangelical church when there is no top-down? I would say when people start leaving... Um, yes, the segment you, that remains gets even more conservative. That's the thing, is they galvanize. This is exactly yeah. what happened with like the conservative party, is that a lot of people were leaving, and the people who stayed there were like, no, we're going to double and triple and quadruple down on racism and homophobia and transphobia and all of that. And so who helps? Caitlyn Jenner, who still calls herself a Republican and says, I wish you would change, but you guys aren't listening to me, or more people voting for Democrats and saying, fuck you to the Republicans. I'm, I've had enough of this. But That yes. will force them to change because they have no other choice. Yes, but hypothetically, yeah. wouldn't you rather a more... Um, a more socially liberal and socially accepting Republican party than saying the Democrats are only hope. If if Republicans get in office, they're stripping women of their rights. They're stripping trans people of their rights. They're stripping gay people of their rights. 
all, my only choice is to vote Democrat. So, so now okay, I wish we had options. But yeah, look what's happening in in Illinois. We've got J.D. Pritzker, who's not the best, versus Rauner, who's the literal worst. Like which two billion? Which of the two billionaires which of the two do you want to support? Snaky billionaires. Yeah. Am I voting for? Wouldn't I rather say like, let me really put my values on? It? Wouldn't I rather say like, yes, I'm not a Republican, but like. If I vote for Rauner, I'm not concerned about the the rights of my LGBT friends or mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we're a stronger country and we have two opposing parties that at least are both on planet Earth in yeah. terms of what they believe. I, I don't think that change is happening from within... I think if you're asking but me which of those it? two could it? Sure, it could, but it's not. So which way do you convince Republicans that you got to get more moderate on these issues? Everyone votes for the other team because they're saying I, I refuse to put yeah. up with this party. Um, as much as I'd love to see change from the inside, it's it doesn't ha- it's not happening in the cases we've been talking about here. Um, and again, it's it's silly to keep giving them support. When you know they're wrong on all these issues, yeah, I'm right. not. I'm not even saying you have to stop believing uh, in God. You, if you're Catholic and you don't agree with the Catholic Church's uh, mm-hmm. dogma on this stuff, I'm not saying stop believing in God. That's a separate conversation we could have. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say I'm going to support the church and I'm going to send my kids there and I'm going to go there every week—that to me is a problem because they're not. They have no reason to take you seriously sure. in, if you're telling them they're doing it wrong. Yeah, but indivi- I mean, God, individuals never have power. It's it's the collective, right? But if, the priests aren't doing much either in terms of pushing back on these things. Uh, they're trying to give it a also, gentler name. But like, has Pope Francis done anything good for the Catholic Church? Because when he when he started his reign as Pope, he was he was a good. He was seen as good on these issues. Like, who am I to judge? Whatever. He's done jack on these issues in terms of their dogma. You're right. And again, top down, it's not going to change easily. But come on, if the Pope can't change this stuff, Mm -hmm. and now we see, oh, he was pretty much just window dressing for the church. I mean, I think it's better right now. Leave the crazy sides. Leave, Leave the party that's bad. Leave the churches that are bad. And force them to reckon with the fact that you're taking more people with you out of there mm-hmm. until they get better. You're not doing it out of spite. You're doing it out of love, but they're not going to change that. Yeah, I guess I, I, I guess sort of my, my last thought is if there is a mass exodus and the church is necessarily shrinking to me, I'm just afraid that would galvanize them and say like, okay, well we've lost those people, but we are going to continue to believe what we're going to believe. Right. And we're going to believe it harder than ever, you <laughs> and, know? And I think that's going to happen. But when you have that with a shrinking group of people, I, I, it, it loses its effectiveness. They lose their power. They yeah. lose the money. And again, this is one of those things that fine in a generation, that group of people aren't going to be around that long. Right. So, like, get everyone out of there first. What we don't want are moderates kind of giving them, this goes back to an old atheist argument, too. Don't give, don't let the moderates give them the support they need to sustain themselves. Like, yeah, walk right. out and create that change from the outside. Um, so, totally, totally <laughs> different subject. Uh, this is something that just upset me uh, on a totally different level. Because it's just an opinion that I didn't 
like. It wasn't anything evil. Was but it my opinion? It was not. <laughs> this was an article for the Religion News Service, uh, Wire Service. It was a rabbi named Jeffrey Salkin. And basically, here was... I'm going to try to paraphrase him in the way I think he would uh, accept as a fair paraphrase of what he wanted to say. Okay. He was saying there is a trend of people who have weddings, but they don't want a religious officiant conducting the ceremony, uh-huh. which makes sense because more people are not religious or different religions coming together. And why have a Catholic priest and jump through all those hoops? Sure. Why have a rabbi who doesn't really know you that well? Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing if you go there and it's your guy. Oh, yeah. I've definitely right? gone to Catholic ceremonies when the priest, pet priest, yeah. did get the groom's name wrong. Yeah, because like, they don't epically. know you. They Like, his know. name was Brian and he <laughs> called him Chris or something yeah. fucking <laughs> wild like that. And, and here's what uh, Jeffrey Salkin was basically saying. He said, look, I get that. I'm not arguing. I'm not telling you you have to have a priest at your wedding. Mm-hmm. But uh, even if he wanted it, because he is a rabbi. But one of the things he said is that there were two big arguments he wanted to urge couples of um, if they were considering a non-religious officiant. Okay. And one of them was... Think about tradition. And here, I'll, I'll grant him this to a little bit, but here's what he was saying. Um, the efficient brings something from outside the couple and their immediate circle of family and friends. The efficient can bring something that predates the couple by millennia and will, we pray, live way beyond the couple's time on earth. So, yeah, you can have your friend do a reading. You could have someone else, a friend, speak at the ceremony. Wait, but the what? You're connected to the broader institution of marriage, and that's a good reason to have a religious leader do the ceremony at your wedding. That was one thing. Okay, tradition. If you like tradition, I guess, whatever. I don't have a complaint about that. Just my face. It's not looking happy about this right now. I'm confused and angry. Is there a... Is oh, there, there's more. Is this, there a name for an, that emotion? Um, <laughs> I don't understand like it, and I will not respond to it. like something weird. Here was his other suggestion. This is the one that bothered me. Yeah. He said, out of respect for religious leaders, yes. avoid the path of instant ordination. So Uh-oh. if your friend is conducting the wedding, don't go to Universal Life Church, put down 20 bucks or whatever it is, oh, and get your no. instant I have a few couples priest. I need to call. <laughs> right? Don't get your instant day pass to be a priest. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he said that's disrespectful to someone like me who actually went through training to be a okay, rabbi. Okay, That my title, mean, he said, a real, in quotations, real clergy study long and hard. Speaking for rabbis, we study in a grad program for five years blah, 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 to become a clergy. I mean, if you get the certificate from the Universal Life Church or anything like that, it reduces our sacred tasks and responsibilities. Real clergy officiate and teach and engage in activism and counsel. It diminishes, actually lampoons, our years of training and commitment. Frankly, it's an insult, even though it wasn't intended that way. Okay, can I give you... And uh, 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 spit out whatever you're eating, and let yeah, <laughs> let it out. Just my face has just like bunched up near my nose. You just, just ate a lemon. What's going on? It. Yeah, it's kind of like my big brother is a teacher by trade. Yeah, he has his masters. He teaches for a living, but like I can help my niece with her reading homework. <laughs> that doesn't. <laughs> take away anything that my brother does. It's just, 
I want to be there on this particular occasion with somebody I love. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing to bring also, up with the same. what the fuck? How insecure is this <laughs> motherfucker that me marrying my friends at an, like, <laughs> like what is he talking this about? Is, here's the legal side of this that he didn't get because he didn't mention this in his piece. If you're an atheist in a lot of states, if you're an atheist who wants to get married to another atheist, you don't want a religious person doing the invocation. Right. And you can't just have a friend do the wedding because in some states the law says it's got to be a judge or Mm -hmm. it's got to be a religious leader Mm -hmm. and we've had uh, like different groups when I say we the broader atheist community has had to file lawsuits to say those can't be the only options uh, because some of these states say you have to be a religious leader to perform the ceremony and getting a $20 certificate from like the Universal Life Church was a way to say, I'm a religious leader uh-huh. of this church that no one ever attends. It doesn't matter. Or you can be a captain on a boat <laughs> if the musical Anything Goes Look is based on reality. <laughs> and so basically like for a lot of us, there was no other option if we wanted a quote unquote traditional wedding. Sure. If we had to have a religious leader... We weren't going to ask a Catholic priest to do it. You had to have a friend with an ordination. Uh-huh. And the Universal Life Church or the quick, quick, cheapy, I'm a priest now places, that's the way to do it until some of these lawsuits are filed so that now atheists, uh, humanist celebrants, secular celebrants yeah. get that title of you're a religious efficient. Yeah, that's, that's a separate issue. A f- this guy basically said... He doesn't, it's like he didn't realize that there are reasons people get ordained and it has nothing to do with saying, well, I want the title if I'm going to do this ceremony. Yeah, like that shit is not on my resume. Yeah, if we didn't want to, uh, if we didn't have to go through that process to get the ordination, most of these people wouldn't do it. They did it because they had to. Yes, and... I mean, and yes, you're not putting it on your resume. You're not saying I'm a rabbi. Yeah, like everybody, <laughs> listen to me. I'm gonna stand on like a literal rock and give you a <laughs> sermon. Like I, I've officiated two weddings. One was my two best friends, and it, it first of all it was a gay wedding. Second of all, it was not in a church. Third of all, they don't weren't like my one friend is Christian. Like one of the couples is Christian. The other is an atheist. They don't go to a church. They wanted to... The reason my husband and I had our friend marry us is because we wanted a person to marry us who was meaningful to us. And yes, 50 years ago, when everybody went to the same cute little church and had the same pastor growing up and the same pastor that, like, baptized you, married you, or whatever, like, bullshit you always hear about that. Yes, that's very nice. That's a very nice story that a leader and a 30 figure in your community was presiding over your wedding. We don't live in that world anymore. And, and I have the right to have whoever the fuck I want marry me. Yeah, yeah. It's just... Like, We're not doing it just to like, spite you just because we wanted to get yeah, a fuck you on the wedding day. Personally. <laughs> it's not about like, you. It's put about an the ad wedding. Out on Craigslist <laughs> and get more weddings. And if you're struggling, my good dude. <laughs> ugh, so. stupid. What else you got? I don't know. Have we been going really long? We really years? have. Okay. Well, I mean, again. Talk about it, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay. Um, so, so here's a thing that I never, never, never do is I pull, I pulled a story directly from, from Hemant's Twitter. 
How which I, dare I, you? <laughs> I generally make a point, even sometimes like I have, I'll bring something that Hemant has already reported on, but I do my best to do independent research. So we're not just like reading your blog on the microphones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is what I saw Hemant tweet this and I was like, bookmark this, come <laughs> back this, you're going to talk to this. The headline is, pastor says on InfoWars that Ruth Bader Ginsburg should be executed for treason, yeah. which is the <laughs> the wildest thing I've ever heard. Not only was the the argument that she should be shot is what he said. Well, I'm going to read your, your whole thing. I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and do a, a, a recitation, recitation. You don't even have to, like... Ruth Shut Bader. up, I'm going to read it. All right. Conservative Christian pastor and com- conspiracy theorist extraordinaire Rodney Howard Brown is best known for his, quote, holy laughter-based religion ceremonies. Do you know what that means? Yeah, he basically says, let's all start laughing. There's video of this. And they just start, like, having a giggle storm in the congregation. It's and like somehow speaking this... in tongues but laughing? Yes, okay. and this brings them closer to God. Sure. You know what? Listen, there's worse things people have done to be closer to God. Mm-hmm. It was no laughing matter earlier this week. Nice wordplay, Hammond. <laughs> However, when he subbed in for Alex Jones on InfoWars and said Supreme Court, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg should be executed. Quote, if you hear Bader Ginsburg talks, she talks about the Constitution of America being totally flawed, he complained. It is. After Hall recounted Ginsburg's 2012 statement, which I didn't write this down, what was she talking about? She basically said, look, the Constitution has flaws. That's true. We How have to amend it. She? Yeah. That's the, the way it works. So it needs amendments. Um, Howard Brown asserted that Ginsburg should have been removed from office because, quote, that was high treason. She should have been impeached immediately. Who's Who's Hall? Um, I think that was the co-host. And the thing sure. is, if you watch that video clip, as soon as he's done saying that, on InfoWars... Well, so the last thing is, I'd have them shot, Howard yeah. Brown replied. To me, it's total violation, because how do you pledge to defend the Constitution when you're totally thrown in under the bus? And right. then the guy was like, um... <laughs> yeah, the woman who was co-hosting oh, with him was like, ha, 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 ha. you know, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Even she was like, dude, you went too far on InfoWars. Yeah. Which cracked me up. So that's wild. And like, y'all know if you're coming after Ruth Bader Ginsburg on my watch. By the way, that clip and so many others is from uh, Right Wing Watch, who does such a good job on Such good work. Um, My last thing is that Trump, the Trump administration is going to expand religious exemptions to birth control. Of course they are. It just makes me want to fling myself off a cliff, so I don't want to talk about that. All right. Last thing. Yes. Apparently teaching your kids to swear is a good thing according to science. Oh, really? Um, A doctor, Emma Byrne, she has a book called Swearing is Good for You, The Amazing Science of Bad Language. Um, She said swearing has been linked to honesty, better credibility, more robust vocabulary, and will help children process and handle anger more efficiently. Learning how to use quote you learning how to use swearing efficiently, excuse me, effectively with the support of empathetic adults is far better than trying to ban children from using such language. So everybody can suck my dick when they complain about my swearing. I told you I was a good parent. (laughs) Score. Um. Yeah. um, Do we have any mail? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm going to read it. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is from Mike A. Hi, Hammond. Not addressed to me, and Hi. I'm not mad about it. I found your podcast a couple weeks ago, really enjoying it. Uh, pleasantly surprised that you and Jessica are both Chicago-based like myself. 
Usually I found that many of these secular skeptic shows are in the East Coast or West Coast. Hashtag elitists. Uh, (laughs) Since you both seem to be pretty active in the area, I was hoping you can help me out. I've been an atheist, I guess, my whole life, but maybe over the last few years I've felt this desire to get more involved. What I found is there's really not a whole lot to offer atheists around here. I've done meetups with the Freedom From Religion Foundation, Chicago Skeptics, but both, especially the latter, don't have much going on at all and meet infrequently. My work often limits my free time, but is there anything you might suggest that I can do around the area? Maybe I'm missing something. Anyway, if nothing else, I want to say I love your podcast. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. I've heard this question for a lot of yeah, cities. Yeah, it's that, not just that's kind of why, based, I, why yeah. I brought it. Because w- I don't think he meant it as a listener question, but I thought it would be sure. something that we can kind of chat about. What I told him in an email, what I told Mike via email, and I, I still stand by it, of course, is... Look, if you're looking for organizations, what I would do if I were in a new place and trying to find some groups, try meetup.com, mm-hmm. try Facebook, search in atheist in your city, see what comes up, or, or atheist in the biggest city near you, use synonyms for atheist, mm. uh, at least as you far as it goes. Skeptics. Yep. Those are good ways to start. But the truth is, there's only a handful of cities that have really robust. Groups that meet regularly all the time. And we tend to see it more in in traditionally conservative areas. So, again, I was just in Houston, which is, I don't want to surprise anybody. (laughs) Texas is a pretty conservative place. And so there's a lot of humanist groups because they need it. They need that thing. Whereas I am an out atheist at my workplace, and it's not a thing. Right. And if you're in a big city like Chicago, where it is pretty, or in the suburbs of Chicago, where it's pretty uh, diversified and stuff in terms of religion, eh, yeah, there's not as much of a need, so I'm not surprised that a lot of groups don't meet on a regular basis. But the other thing I would suggest is you can try starting your own. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a lot of resources, but even if you're worried about that, there are groups... Uh, like any of the ones we mentioned, FFRF, American Human Association, that will help you get one started mm-hmm. if there isn't one already there. Um, but that's the thing. If you're just looking for like-minded people, those groups are out there, but all of them, it's, this is a constant issue where you always need someone who's willing to organize, who's willing to lead yeah, these Yeah, and that's groups. hard, that and nobody likes really to do it. really hard to find. <laughs> so if... There isn't someone already doing it that right. you can latch on to. Be that person, too. Yeah, and, and uh, what I said is I think in the Chicagoland area, for sure, it's pretty liberal, and it's, I mean, there's definitely plenty of religious folks hereabouts, but I would say for the most part, like, nobody ever asks me, what church do I go to, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would say maybe take a small step back from, like, the atheist and humanist aspect and think of like kind of what secondary things you're interested in. So for me, like I'm an atheist and my atheist atheism, yikes, my atheism informs my political views. So I've gotten super, super involved in politics this election cycle. So I've been volunteering there. And local political groups. Right. Local political groups and doing that. Or like I honestly, like some of my closest friends, I literally met through like a, my favorite murder, um, Facebook group, and we're like, "Do you want to meet at a bar? Can we be friends?" None of us has friends. Cool. I play <laughs> soft. I play softball, and we met up at a bar before a game. And <laughs> I literally said, "Wait, can all of us say here that our only friends are sitting at this table <laughs> because we all signed up randomly for this league?" Like, I think there is an element in my experience because I'm a very social person. I definitely need human interaction. Hemant is the diametral opposition mm-hmm. of me. He hates seeing me every week, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I think you have to, I, I think maybe you're narrow casting a little bit by saying, I want to hang out with other humanists or atheists or skeptics or whatever. I think that's going to be harder. I think what would be easier is find a different interest that maybe skews that way and find people there. So find another skeptic adjacent skeptic Oops. adjacent. So maybe it's politics. Maybe it's volunteer. Like I've met friends doing my volunteer work at the Hanson center in Burr Ridge. Um, I think they're. I, I think to try to find a community that works for you, they don't necessarily have to be atheists and humanists by name. I think most people have values, even if they don't call themselves humanists. Um, so, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Let us know if we can do anything else. Um, I'm done with my notes. Hemant, yeah, anything good. good happening to you this week? Uh, baby's birthday. So older baby. Older baby's birthday, so we're doing literally nothing. We're staying at home. That was staying a good at, shot. Thank you. Into the I'm garbage can. Really uh, yeah, we're understand. just staying at home, celebrating it, and not throwing a party with other human beings because one's enough. Oh, you said your family. Do you mean literally just like you and your wife? Uh, maybe. Because I definitely maybe wasn't invited. I'm not mad about it. extended family. No, I don't want other people. It's chaos. I've been to those parties. <laughs> With the kid. I still want your kid to meet daddy. I really think they'd get along. I think... Maybe. Literally, like, a couple weeks ago, daddy met a kid, and the kid just grabbed onto her, like, ears, and then her, like, face flaps. I understand this, because I've been that victim <laughs> and from just my grabbed child. On, and daddy was so fucking chill with it. She's <laughs> like, cool, you're giving me attention. That's great news. You're explaining most evenings with the children. <laughs> It's just different parts of my body stretched out <laughs> and scratched. Um, what are your weekend plans? Uh, you know what? So tomorrow night I'm going. Uh, my my brother's girlfriend got me for my birthday tickets to the podcast Call Your Girlfriend, which is going to be in Chicago. So I'm really fucking stoked to see that. We're going to get sushi, which I love. Also, I've been watching The Haunting of Hill House. Do you watch TV? No. Okay. Um, have you heard of The Haunting of Hill House? I have, because a lot of people have reviewed it, because apparently it's good. It is very good. So here's the interesting thing is, um, I, I, I've talked about the little book club I do with Lee and Amanda, who are the, the couple I married. We do a Skype book club. Nice. And so we decided to read that, and we're like, oh, the show's coming out. Perfect timing. The show and the book could, like, they're related to name and the names of the characters. They're completely different aside from that. But anyway, the show is really good. And just today over, my husband hasn't been interested in watching it, but today over lunch, I watched, um, I think it was the sixth episode and it is maybe my favorite episode of TV. I watched in a really? long time. It's done in long drawn out takes. It, it reminded me a lot of the movie wrote by, um, by Alfred Hitchcock, which I'd also recommend, mm -hmm. but it's just, it, it's almost play like, but the camera moves a ton. And just like once in a while you're looking at something, you're like, Oh, there's a fucking ghost in the background. And now I screamed and scared my dog and it's noon. It's really like, Interesting. it's, it, it's been good television. The acting's really good. It's enjoyable. I would recommend it. Um, where can I find you? On I'm at heaven meta on Twitter. FriendlyAtheist.com. Go to Patreon slash FriendlyAtheistPodcast. Yeah, do that. We're like halfway to our goal. Of, oh, we're halfway to our goal of doing a live show. Oh, look at that. And hey, Mike, when we do a live show, you can meet there and you guys can look like all be super good friends. 
with Hammond's wife and my parents because those are the only people who are going to be at our live show, they're probably. Not, no one, no, they're not coming to the she live. Your no, wife wouldn't come? Not a chance. Really? She came to see my stand up. That was before the kids. Oh, good point. Oh, that's a very good point. Like, the, one time Hammond and I... We haven't Hammond, left the house in <laughs> three years. No, Hammond and his wife drove out to see me do stand-up. Yeah, this is definitely... That was fun, by the way. It was. But I mean, we haven't left like the house four since. Four years ago. Yes. But yeah, it was definitely pre-children. But, um... Okay, cool. Oh, my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. I'm starting to gear for the holidays, so um, if you want something from me please put it in sooner than later. Cause I'm literally like last year I was so stressed out. She was th- that this year. I'm literally just going to shut down my shop once I get too many orders for me to deal with. Cause last year I was also unemployed. So I was, I'm not exaggerating. I would wake up at eight in the morning and cross stitch until midnight. And that's, you can't do that when you have a full time <laughs> job. So I'm just going to shut my shop down at some point when I have too many orders for me to, to practically handle. Um, guys, thank you for listening. I feel like this has been a three-hour show. Close enough. Which is weird, because we went out to dinner before this, so I was like, ugh, we're definitely going to run out of things to talk about. <laughs> That's not true. We'll see you next week, true. though. It's all good. Uh, bye. Bye.